from CBS News Bay Area, this is the Afternoon Edition. And right now in the Afternoon Edition, a busy Bay Area weekend ahead and just the right weather to start it off. But there are some changes coming that you probably need to know about. Good afternoon. I'm Ryan Yamamoto. Let's get right over to our first alert meteorologist, Jessica Birch, in our virtual view studio. Here in the Bay Area, we have mid to low 60s in the forecast for us today in areas like Fremont, Redwood City, stretching all the way along the 101, all the way into San Francisco. Now, as we head into the next couple days, we're going to continue to warm up just a little bit more. So these upper 60s we have down in San Jose, we could potentially see some upper 60s, lower 70s in the forecast all throughout the Santa Clara Valley tomorrow with a lot more sunshine compared to today's forecast. Now, let me drop this map real fast and show you the next seven days. What's interesting about the forecast right around the corner is the fact that we're going to continue to warm up and see partly cloudy to sunny skies tomorrow and then a cold front approaches us and then that's when our temperatures dip fast. We go right back down to the low 60s, upper 50s. We get a splash of showers with that system and once that splash of showers moves out Monday afternoon, we're left with the light at the end of the tunnel. Sunshine into our forecast for Tuesday and Wednesday and then slowly cloudy skies start to roll their way back in as we head into late next week. Well, thousands of people are expected in San Francisco tomorrow to enjoy the floats and entertainment in the city's Lunar New Year Parade. This year, actress and comedian Aquafina will be the Grand Marshal. Former San Francisco Mayor Willie Brown will serve as the Honorary Marshal. The parade kicks off at Market and Second Streets at 5.15 p.m. tomorrow. And our Gianna Franco shows us the best ways to get there and to get around it all. It's a busy weekend in the Bay Area with a couple of parades happening, which means you might see a lot of traffic and street closures because of it. Let's start off in San Francisco with the Lunar New Year Parade, which is happening on Saturday. It kicks off at Market and 2nd Street at about 515 in Union Square and Chinatown. So expect busy conditions in and around the area. You might consider using public transit, Market Street, Subway, via the Montgomery Station or Powell Street Station to Central or Market Street subways as well. There will be Muni reroutes happening because of those street closures, so just keep that in mind. Also happening on Sunday, the Black Joy Parade in Oakland. There will be street closures in effect as well along West Grand, 22nd, Broadway, Franklin, 19th, and 20th. The parade kicks off at 1230. There's also a celebration happening as well in and around that area. But expect some busy conditions. Consider using BART or public transit. Well, looking at today's top stories now this weekend marks two years since Russia launched its invasion of Ukraine and the Biden administration just announced a new round of economic sanctions on Russia. As Natalie Ban reports, the recent death of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny is also a major factor. On the eve of the two-year mark since Russia invaded Ukraine, President Biden is taking new steps to squeeze Russia's economy. You can't walk away now. And that's what Putin is betting on. He's betting on we're going to walk away. The administration announced its largest round of sanctions to date, targeting companies linked to Russia's war effort, such as the company that makes the steel used in Russia's attack helicopters. The sanctions also include entities outside of Russia, including in China and the United Arab Emirates. George Washington research professor Bob Ortung is an expert on the region. I don't think it's going to stop Russia's war fighting. I do think it's going to undermine the economy over the long term. The U.S. also sanctioned three individuals in response to the death of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny. Make no mistake, Putin is responsible for Alexei's death. The president is also imploring the U.S. House to pass much-needed aid for Ukraine. The White House says the war-torn country is having to ration ammunition and equipment. 
Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer traveled to Ukraine to meet with President Volodymyr Zelensky Friday. Cross fingers that we're still together. It comes 10 days after the U.S. Senate passed a foreign aid package that's now held up in the House. We are with you. The United States is with you. We will not abandon you. We will fight and fight and fight to get this needed aid to you. Schumer says Zelensky told him Ukraine will lose the war without the vital aid. In South Carolina, Republican presidential candidates are making a final push to get their voters to supporters to the primary polls tomorrow. Former President Donald Trump and the state's former governor, Nikki Haley, will be on opposite sides of the state for campaign events. Right now, Trump has a commanding lead in state polls. Nationwide, he has 63 delegates to Haley's 17. Haley says, though, she has vowed to stay in the race at least through Super Tuesday, touting national polls that now shows that she has a bigger lead against President Biden than Trump in a general election matchup. And look at this, an American-made spacecraft kicking up dust on the moon for the first time in more than half a century. A 14-foot lunar lander touching down on the moon's south pole. Intuitive Machine says its lander is upright and sending data back to Earth. It has one week to work, ultra-cold lunar nights will set in and freeze its solar batteries. NASA hopes to send and land astronauts under the moon's surface by the end of the decade. In San Francisco, voters will weigh in on a number of ballot measures this year that could help shape the future of the city. One of those measures is Proposition C. If approved, it would waive the transfer tax for properties that are converted from commercial to residential use for the first time. But not everyone thinks this is a good idea. Our Max Darrow looks at the arguments from both sides. Proponents say this will attract investment, help fill vacant spaces, and help build more housing. Opponents of Prop C call this a deceptive measure. They argue this will give tax breaks to those who don't need them, and they don't think it'll result in the kind of housing San Francisco needs. Ice vanilla latte, perfect. We do Jeff Wu owns Il Canto Cafe in downtown San Francisco. Hi there, how you doing? He's had to pivot a lot over the last several years to get enough of a customer base to stay afloat. It's our way to connect with customers, yeah. even though we can't see them. Since the office crowd largely disappeared and hasn't entirely come back. Deliveries are busier. It, it doesn't make up for the foot traffic though. That's why he likes the sound of Prop C. Right when the pandemic started, one of the first thing I said was, why not convert these to residential apartments? Right now in San Francisco, there's a 6% transfer tax on real estate transactions over $25 million. Proponents of Prop C believe waiving that tax for properties converted from commercial to residential use for the first time will help incentivize developers to convert vacant spaces into housing and therefore bring more people downtown. So far, it sounds pretty good. I mean, we're, we're just a small business here, so for us, it just seems like more foot traffic and it should be pretty helpful. On a walk down California Street with Robbie Silver, the executive director of the Downtown San Francisco Partnership, you can't miss the four lease signs in the windows. Downtown San Francisco is hovering around 35% uh, office vacancy, which, which is not good. He says he will not endorse nor speak out against Prop C. However, he says downtown does need housing and policymakers will need to get creative to make that happen. We have great bones to be able to do that. A mixed use downtown is a vibrant downtown. So what downtown needs as a whole is just an infusion of a uh, residential and housing population. But converting office space into housing isn't a simple task. 
So you can't just come downtown and wave a magic wand at every um, old or historic building. Um, it has to make sense at the end of the day. It has to make it has to pencil out at the end of the day to be able to convert an office building in, into into residential. That brings us to Justin Dolzel, managing member of VAR part-time and treasurer of the advocacy group Small Business Forward, not in favor of Prop C. Prop C sounds good in theory. In reality, it's a giveaway to San Franciscans who do not need a giveaway. What they're going to build with that, I'm sure, is more luxury housing, which again, I just don't think the city needs. He and opponents of Prop C believe waiving the transfer tax will actually get in the way of building more affordable housing. Transfer taxes fund extremely valuable social services. They provide money to affordable housing. Hundreds of millions of dollars have been generated by these transfer taxes. So we think they're very vital. And he takes issue with another piece of the proposition. But if this passes, transfer taxes will no longer be the purview of San Francisco voters. Uh, it would turn that responsibility over to a simple board of supervisors majority. Back downtown. I think we're going to need a little over five minutes. Wu says he has a bit more thinking to do before casting his ballot. But so far, he likes what he hears. I think the more people you bring in, the better. It should help out with rents, too. It should lower rents if there's more uh, availability. A few minutes. Okay. Thank you. He wants to be a part of downtown's future, but a key well, ingredient the there is consistency, and finding that will continue to take creativity. And San Francisco Mayor London Breed supports Prop C. She sat down with an interview with our very own Max Darrow to talk about the concern of people who oppose that measure. One of the things some opponents have of Prop C, they argue that this is giving a tax write-off to billionaires, and they don't think it's going to lead to the kind of housing that San Francisco needs in our housing affordability crisis. What's your response to them? Well, my response is everything isn't about billionaires. And the fact is, San Francisco is, does no longer have the luxury to tax, tax, tax. Our taxes are really expensive here. Um, and in fact, they discourage some of our new businesses and new entrepreneurs from pursuing an opportunity like you know, putting together a group of investors to try and purchase a building, to convert a building to housing and mixed use. We as a city have to do things differently. We have to think about incentivizing rather than penalizing because at the end of the day, the billionaires and the millionaires, they can choose to go do business anywhere. But here in San Francisco, we've never had to work this hard to attract and to retain business. And what that means is we have to make some adjustments. And Mayor Bree says this could be the next step in the ongoing effort to revitalize downtown. The primary elections are less than two weeks away on Tuesday, March 5th.